Television. The Zone. In Nashville, Tennessee, pal, I'm the man. This is Squared Circle Radio. Welcome to the Kevin Owens Show. The latest news and commentary on the world of professional wrestling. They make sure you ain't booty. And now, Squared Circle Radio. The face that runs the place. With your main eventers, Jason Martin, David Reed, and Brandon Haggerty. Good Sunday morning to you. Welcome in. Squared Circle Radio on the air here on 104.5. Zone Brandon Hagney, David Reed. I'm Jason Martin. We're on Twitter at Zone Wrestling. You can follow us there. Well, we're talking about WWE today because, of course, we are. And I just kind of want to say a couple of words and then just kind of back away from the microphone and let it marinate in the room. And it's just that creative is awful. Like, it's got to be some of the worst stuff I've ever seen. The lack of attention to detail, the lackadaisical nature, the featuring people that are actively getting people to change the channel, the ratings. You tweeted this out from our account, Brandon. It doesn't appear to be a bottom right now to the ratings. And that's right, because it's going to get worse as we get closer to the NBA Finals. And then football... Whatever that does to Raw on Monday well, nights is going to be an it's utter gonna be, calamity. It's going to be a bloodbath, and I know we're pretty early into this show, and we have some people that listen to this show who uh, will inevitably tweet us whenever we go negative and tell us that, you know, why are we still watching the product if we hate it? That's so a fair question to, at so this point. To those people, to those people, as we sit here about two minutes into this show, you might want to walk away for a while. Yeah, just because the next the next forty five minutes of this show is going to be extremely, extremely negative. I saw this on Reddit, or maybe no, I actually saw this on Twitter. I wish I can uh, remember where it came from so I could give credit to it. SmackDown on Tuesday, despite the fact that we all agree that SmackDown is the superior show, just be- and and a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's two hours instead of three. It's a much easier watch. It averaged somewhere around 1.833 million viewers for those two hours. That is right around the same exact number that Impact was getting in 2011 when it was run by Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan. On Spike TV. On Spike TV. WWE at this point, uh, SmackDown is getting the same numbers that one of the worst eras of Impact Wrestling was getting. That's what we're talking about here. And they've earned every bit of it. And it didn't just happen this week. It didn't just happen this month, even though it's been awfully bad. From from calendar year 2018 to 2019, it has been a 30% drop. It's been horrible. 30%. Horrible. And every demographic is suffering, and suffering mightily. And I'm trying to think back and figure out where this thing went off the tracks. There are varying opinions here. A lot of people seem to pretty much kind of coalesce that it was in the fall somewhere where it really just fell off a cliff creatively. And there were a couple of things that happened. One, Roman Reigns left with leukemia, and they had nothing there. They turned Dean Ambrose, which was a disastrous decision, the night that Roman Reigns left. Baron Corbin was all over your television screen as the general manager 
and no one wanted to see that. And he still is all over it. Yes. As a matter of fact, he is. Despite the fact that we made a big to-do back in January <laughs> of basically blaming him for the reason why the product was so bad on television. Like, you know, kayfabe-wise, we were blaming Baron Corbin for why the show sucked, and then the show continued to suck. They came out, remember they brought all the McMahons back and said it's going to be a new beginning and it's going to be a new start. We're, we were the GMs now, right? We're the right. GMs. Exactly. Are we, though? Like It we're sure doesn't seem like things. we're making these decisions based on everything that's going on. The other thing, and this is just... I heard this discussion a couple of days ago. Actually, the Wrestling Observer had it. They said most people don't understand what an angle is. An angle is not a storyline. An angle is a branch off a storyline. The storyline is the road. An angle is something off that road. There are no roads, much less angles, going on right now in WWE. But one thing that happened from a creative standpoint on screen last year was this Build to Survivor series where SmackDown got trounced. Didn't win a single match except in the pre-show, which they had to caveat, and at first didn't even act like it counted. The circumstances and the consequences for SmackDown losing all those matches, I'm still trying to figure out what those are. Because they just dropped it the next day and didn't talk about it at all. So you start to lose. Why are you I watching? about that. There is nothing here. Nothing matters. Nothing carries over. And this superstar shakeup and whatever is going on. Like we were joking about it last week. We were crack jokes that this is going to be the never ending superstar shakeup. And then the Good Brothers show up on Monday as the superstar shakeup mm-hmm. literally enters its third week. And then SmackDown needs a tag team because the Hardys are done for a long time because Jeff Hardy is out for six to nine months. And at his age, who knows if the Hardys ever get back together under those auspices. But how about this? Money in the bank, no qualifiers, just everybody walks out and this is who it is. And how in the world? You want to talk about lack of attention to detail or follow through or paying attention at all. If Ricochet is going to be in your Money in the Bank ladder match, why is he doing a clean job for Bobby Roode last week on TV and Bobby Roode's not even on TV? I Robert, know. I, Robert, I know. Robert Roode. Robert Roode beat him clean last week on TV. And then Ricochet walked out and he's in the Money in the Bank ladder match this week. He should be. He should have beaten Robert Roode last week, too, because Robert Roode wasn't even on television this week. And it wasn't even that. Uh, two weeks ago, you know, C- Cedric Alexander makes his Raw debut and loses to Cesaro, uh, who was also making his Raw debut in, in the second week of the Superstar Shakeup. Now, a lot of people would expect Cesaro to go over Cedric Alexander in that instance, but the fact that you had two guys who are making their raw debuts, who you want to have energy behind, who you want to have heat behind, could you not have just had Cedric Alexander go over jobber number one and Cesaro go over jobber number two? Did you have to have Robert Roode go over Ricochet when you could have just put those two guys with two other people and have them go over? Like This is how you don't create momentum this way. You had no problem taking Asuka and Kyrie Sane and... Feeding them jobbers. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, that you didn't even give them names. No. There was not even, they did not name those people on TV. They had no names. It, <laughs> Corey Graves referred to the one as Sumac, Poison Ivy's lesser known cousin. Wow. <laughs> I'll tell you this. But, here, here was something that was infuriating me this week. The big buildup for the Money in the Bank participants on Raw. Alexa Bliss was out there. They had this big, huge announcement. On SmackDown, the male participants had all the the pomp and circumstance of a graphic filled in with their name 
and photo on it. That's well, how, they here's how the NXT people debuted, those four guys. And, and here's the thing. The way WWE has treated this bill to Money in the Bank, you would think that Money in the Bank was tonight. Money mm-hmm. in the Bank is still two weeks away. That's right. So they could have had a you couple of had qualifiers qualifying matches. And your main event segment on Raw was a contract signing between AJ Styles and Seth Rollins for a match that's three weeks away. That's right. right. And it wasn't even that great a contract signing. No, anyway. it wasn't. And I hate the idea that we have to sign contracts when people have earned title shots. Like, why are we even bothering with this? It, the whole thing was just disastrous. Money in the bank. The matches will be fine. Well, the women's match has some candidates for not being particularly fine in it. But how about Becky Lynch? Dana Brooke. Becky Lynch talking about all she's done is she's gone out and beaten everybody in front of her to get those titles. I seem to remember Asuka tapping her out clean mm-hmm. back at the Royal Rumble. And now, nothing. Just in a tag team out of nowhere like it never even happened. These are the things I'm talking about. If you want to build Becky Lynch, we said this at the time. There was no reason for Asuka to beat Becky Lynch that night. None. You could have a no finish. Charlotte could have come out and gotten involved. It could have been a, you know, it could have been a schmoz and not gone to any kind of conclusion. What you can't do is have Becky tap out clean. At least have her pass out. But then the argument is if she passes out, she can't get in the Rumble. Well, sure she can, because what rules matter in WWE? From a storyline spot, none of them do. And Becky Lynch, if you really look at what she said, this promo this week, stuff that she did was better, but a lot of it is still not fully working for me. And then we get week two of Firefly Funhouse with the rabbit and the painting and... Abby. Abby the Witch. Yeah, I'd rather I, that I not. I'd rather you. that not be the name. I promise you, I heard Peppy the Witch <laughs> as well. Like. So did, I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, like the thing is, most people went into not most people, but a, a, a significant portion of the audience went into Monday, and the one thing that they were looking most forward to was Firefly Funhouse, and it's the thing that's <laughs> only been around for a week at this point, and you're not even really sure what it is. You're right. But going into week two, you can already sort of see where this is going. Yep. Because WWE is going to start co-opting this thing. Yep. If you're in WWE and something unexpectedly gets over and it's not under WWE's control, they have to start controlling yep, it. Yep, they're going to string you, and, you, and now, instead of it sort of being separate from the show... And no one really Michael reacting. Michael Cole introduces Michael it. Michael Cole is introducing it by saying that this was the number one trend on Twitter last week. Hashtag Firefly Funhouse. This thing is dead. It's about to die. There, there are some folks out there that have objected to this and believe that it is awfully close to, I don't really know how to say it, but Bray's character appealing to kids in a way that is uncomfortable. To a large swath of the audience. I think they're taking it too far. But what I would say is this. And I heard it described this way last week. And also it was written this way. Bray Wyatt, the original character, was a cult leader that was trying to convert adults. This Bray Wyatt is a cult leader that's trying to convert children to the cause. I think that there's something to that, potentially. I think he's going to be a heel. I continue to uh, to fail to understand how this is going to look when he's in front of a live audience. And after watching it this week, I've now seen two of them. I didn't really love it the first time, but I was sort of open-minded. This week, I thought it was dumb. 
and I just kind of bailed on it in my own mind. So has he has he mentioned kids or children in any of these? There's kids in the audience. Right, but it's not like he's saying, no. hey, kids. No. I'll lead the way. All you have to do is let me in. He's basically saying, hey, people. Like, he's talking right. to everybody, but the uh, affirmation is that it's kids that would be watching a show like this. That's sort of the implication. But it's, but it's not. Look, people want to take everything a little bit too far. They're not doing that angle. It's okay. Those same people. Do they have? They, they have a problem with uh, it, Pennywise. I mean, I mean, probably I have a problem with Pennywise. <laughs> while we're at it, I mean, I'm not cool with anything that Pennywise did. Look, are you again? It's television. <laughs> I think we've waded into bad territory here. Pennywise is a horror villain. <laughs> David David has just come out as pro Pennywise. David's like, what, do you have a problem with Pennywise? No, I'm saying... Kinda? <laughs> sorta? It, what's to... If he's actually appealing to kids and trying to lure kids in, what's the difference Chucky? between the two characters is what I'm saying. So if the, if you if you if you don't like this because you think it appeals to kids, then you can't like... Pennywise and it because he was appealing to kids and we know that for a fact. Also, Kevin Owens was talking to an action figure in the main segment on SmackDown. It was nice that Big E had like a bum leg. His action figure yeah. had a yeah. bum leg. But you've turned him heel and now here comes Daniel Bryan back. And they're going to apparently turn this match into a triple threat with Kevin Owens and Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan most likely coming up at Money in the Bank because he's cleared and he should be in the ring or doing something on Tuesday. So you rushed this turn of Kevin Owens that you didn't need because you were planning on having him be your number two babyface on the brand for a substantial length of time. And now you've just got another heel and Kevin Owens is doing what Kevin Owens has always done. And you're, who is your mid-level secondary babyface now? I guess it would be what? Like Mustafa oh. Ali and... Roman. Boy, he's working a mid-level heel. Yeah. He's working Elias. We are going out of our way to make sure Roman Reigns isn't in the title picture right now. Yeah, but he's still the same Roman Reigns. Like, they have not differentiated him at all. Maybe he was in that John Moxley video. That might be the one non-WWE thing we get to because there's so much here. There's um, so much meat on this bone. Yeah. We will talk about the Von Erichs. As well during this episode because Dave wants to talk about his new hopeful home in Kauai. Did I say that right? Yeah. I don't know. I'm on no sleep. We'll be right back. Square Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. Oh. Welcome back. Good Sunday. Square Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. Brandon Hagney is at Hag Haney. David Reed is at David Reed Radio. I'm at J Mart Zone. We are collectively at Zone Wrestling. Daniel Bryan is back on Tuesday. We were all a little bit worried about him because he just kind of disappeared out of thin air and they still haven't announced what the injury is, which means we know exactly what it was. It was a head injury. It was some kind of concussion because there was... And this was said by numerous people late last week. They would have just said, look, you know, they'd send him to a doctor if it's a knee. This is how long you're going to be out. And that always scares you when it comes to Daniel Bryan because concussions are a part of his story. Mm -hmm. And so that's bothersome. You know what also concerns me about Daniel Bryan? It's his uh, vegan lifestyle. I don't think it, I it's I don't think it's healthy for someone in his profession. If you'll notice his matches and how easily he gets marked up and bruised in matches, that's due to a vitamin mineral deficiency. 
from a vegan diet. I did not see us I'm, going down that path, but that's, that's I am, interesting. I am concerned Twist. that he is his vegan lifestyle is going to shorten his professional wrestling career. But it looks cool when he gets chopped, though. And, uh, and he automatically gets bruised yeah, up. exactly. <laughs> not a good thing for your body, though. <laughs> Putting his opponent over. Remember we talked about Ricochet and Aleister Black and how maybe better for them to be together because you could just let them have great matches together and be the tag champs? Yeah, WWE heard that and said, nope. Well, they had the relationships that they wanted to make sure were together. So and now Aleister Black, Black moved, is... And now he's is, doing nothing. He's, he's trapped in the Mojo Raleigh promo room. Where yes. all you see is his face. <laughs> Because he's wearing black with a black background in a dark room. In a black chair. And his whole gimmick is that his story is the ink on his body. Like the story of his life is his tattoos. And he's in a totally dark room in black. I, I mean, quite frankly, it, it's these promos are are a lot of deep sounding words that sound impressive, but I'm when when it's over, I don't really know what he said. It was kind of better when he didn't talk. Not because he can't talk, like a but because that Bray character... Promo. Yeah, that character just... <laughs> they don't have smoke anymore. Like, there's not even smoke in those rooms. Alistair Black's just kind of staring at you with air I mean, air at least he's on. not rocking the Luna Vachon, you know, lightning bolt or whatever on his eye like Mojo did the night after WrestleMania. That's true. At least but, he hasn't gone that far yet. But the Hardys are out. Boy, would it be nice to have Ricochet and Alistair Black there to... Win those championships because I still look well, at the Ricochet B on there Raw. now, guys. Yes, I know. The B Roman, team, Roman Reigns, the latest, the latest edition of the Superstar Shakeup on Tuesday. The B team now on, and they're like total heels because Roman's plowing through them. I'm not saying that they weren't necessarily heels, but they were kind of in the middle. You sort of cheered for them a little bit. I, I thought I wouldn't have considered I don't know that I've heels. ever cheered Curtis Axel. Well, you, but Bo was also part of that team. You're, I mean, I've cheered Bo a lot. But you're supposed to. But yeah. you bought a Bo Dallas T-shirt. They're now agents of the authority, so now we have to hate them, right? What's the worst piece of wrestling memorabilia that you bought that at the time you were just like, yeah. I bought a Roman Reigns shirt at Night of Champions That's because right, I felt bad. Did. I felt bad that we put him in the hospital. <laughs> That's right. You tried that to contribute to that terrible. medical fund. That's a terrible looking shirt. Yeah, that's the reason you bought it. David? I can't think of anything that I have that I ever really hated. What's the most embarrassing thing? Like, I'm not a fan of this person at all. I don't know what I was thinking. Somebody that let you down. I don't think that I ever had that. Giant action figure that you that was have. a gift. <laughs> You're welcome. You're very welcome on behalf of both of us. Like 36 inches tall. Mine would be the 4XL Bray Wyatt Run T-shirt that I bought from Pro Wrestling Tees or something like that years ago. I was just like, this is going to be awesome. First of all, no. Second of all, it's a smock. Third I, of all, <laughs> I'm not wearing Bray Wyatt gear because Bray Wyatt. You want to talk about a gimmick that could have had potential if it had just been the NXT version and it got main roster sized and now it's been destroyed. And we've seen, we might be seeing the same thing with the War Raiders. That's not their names, is it? The Viking Raiders. At least it's the Viking Raiders now, not the Viking experience. But we couldn't just leave those guys alone. We had to make them into characters in 2019. And then they're just squashing people. Like they're just kind of there. It's better than EC3. It's better than the Revival. Note to anyone that doesn't have the timing to get out of their deal quickly. Don't ask WWE for a release. 
Not right now. Because what they're going to do is they're going to keep you under contract for the entire year that the Revival still have. And ruin you. And they're going to embarrass you and humiliate well, not only you. That, Even when their ratings are tanking, they're going to spend time finding ways to go after you. Not only that, these WWE contracts um, apparently have some sort of writing in them to where if you miss time, WWE has the option yep. to add that time that you miss to the back end of your contract. So, so you, can't even, you can't even fake an injury and get out of this well, deal. Yeah, well, no, so, see, that's really interesting. So the last time Dash Wilder was out, I'm not sure if that was he the one with the broken jaw. Yes, yes. Uh, so Scott Dawson was healthy, but they weren't using him, so they can't add time to his contract. But since Dash Wilder was out, there was about a three month period where he did, oh, he was not able to work. Saying. So they have now added three months to the back end of his contract. Let me hear. Let me tell you a little story about morale in WWE right now. Somebody asked a question on Twitter about whether or not anybody had done anything sort of crazy because they hated working for WWE and they just wanted either time off or they wanted to get away or they wanted to hopefully get fired. There were, according to the Wrestling Observer, two guys who intentionally tried to fail drug tests so that they would get released. That shows just how much fun it is to work in that company right now. What kind of drugs are we talking about? Performance I mean, I, enhancing or recreational? I don't or? know, man. Marshmallow peeps? I have no idea. I don't think this was I'm something that happened gonna, recently, though. I'm gonna, definitely going to test positive May not have been, that. but it's just, it, this is not like a newly grand environment. If you watch the John Moxley video, the symbolism yes. Yes. beats you all over, the, over that. Smacks story. you right in the face. Yeah, you get smacked in the face with the symbolism. But, but it was still better than anything WWE has produced. I think it was Fightful... Uh, earlier this week on Monday. I think they were the first one that had it. Uh, the WWE had offered the revival the new contract, <laughs> four-year deal, 500, uh, grand, 500 a grand a year, which is you know pretty good money for you know what the revival is on television from week to I week. Mean, they don't even push tag teams, and they were going to pay them half a mil yeah. each. And the revival have turned that down. And you saw on Monday they had a back-shaving gimmick. That had With other the, implications, very obviously. So, you know, I think it's pretty easy to connect the dots there. You turn down this contract offer and you want out. We're this is what we're going to do to you on television. Could they, couldn't they just go and appear at StarCast and <laughs> that would get you uh, out of the WWE? I feel like that would get you sued, but... Didn't get the Undertaker suit. This is just, the other thing. When you think about Scott Dawson, WrestleMania money you think of Dash year. Wilder and Scott got Dawson. Goldberg, a Saudi Arabia payday. Dash Wilder used to be known as Stephen Walters, and he worked on the Indies in South Carolina, North Carolina, and Georgia. I know that because I was on shows with him back in the day. That dude doesn't have a ton of money. Scott Dawson, I don't think he's living high on the hog. They're turning down half a million dollars each for four-year guaranteed deals from the WWE. How lame is it to work for WWE if you're a pro wrestler that just wants to enjoy your life? Like, that's how bad it actually is. But those, those are two guys who are good at their craft and they know it and they have pride about what they do and how they're able to do it. And I can, so I can tell, I mean, would I turn down that type of money? No, I, I don't think I would. No, I don't think I would. I mean, honestly, I, do, I don't think that I would. But for those guys to do that, it shows how much the business means to them. And it shows that 
there are opportunities outside the WWE yes, that exist now, and they're betting on themselves in that environment. And here's the other sort of interesting piece here, and that is the AEW had a couple of different TV deals last year that they decided, you know, we're going to wait, we're going to pass, we're going to let our leverage kind of build up, and then we're going to get ourselves a deal here in the spring. The talk across the television executive landscape over the past couple of weeks is that pro wrestling is dead because of WWE's numbers. And I've talked about before, WWE, when their business is down, it affects everybody. I remember working on the indies, and when their business was down, our houses were awful because people had just tuned out of the industry. Now, if AEW was already established then you would have an alternative. And maybe people are going to come flocking back. But the general consensus from a TV industry that already is predisposed to think of wrestling as second class, as lower class, is that Vince McMahon is drawing a 1.7 television rating. They're not even doing 2 million. We're not even a month after WrestleMania. And no one is watching these programs. So now AEW's deal... They need to get this thing done as fast as humanly possible because the numbers are going to continue to go down. I had Ryan Glassbeagle on Fox Sports Radio a couple of hours ago. You heard it right here on 104.5 The Zone. And I asked him point blank. I said, is Fox going to end up with buyer's remorse before the show even debuts? The SmackDown show I, I, even I think debuts? They have it right, right now. now. Yeah. I mean, they, if they were making that deal right now, you think WWE would have gotten half the no. money nope. that they got? I mean, they have this. They have a long deal. We get this, but these shows. But I think that's part of the problem. <laughs> They're, they've already counted that money, so it doesn't matter to them at this point. The, them being the WWE. I mean, there there's no pressure on them right now at this point to do anything better or more than they're doing right now. Something has to change. I think we are getting to the point. Another thing I said to, to Glassbeagle was, I'm getting to the point where I'm getting tired of being a pro wrestling fan. And it's not, it's just, it's all of a sudden, it's not connecting with me at all. It's making me not care about the other stuff either. I just don't get the enjoyment I used to get out of it. WWE, you said this via text message this week, Brandon, it's not fun to watch these shows. Oh. Like us having to watch these shows and live tweet these shows and you guys do it a lot more than me because my show runs right into the start of Raw and SmackDown, and I usually don't get to watch it live anymore. It is like something you don't look forward to at all. It's almost like work watching a pro wrestling show. It, this is entertainment. If it's not entertaining, then what the heck are we doing? And what is Vince McMahon? Is he going to do anything? He needs to step aside. That's what needs to happen. I don't think that that will happen, but he needs to go, period. I used to think that that would almost overnight solve a lot of the problems, but I think some of it now is so systemic that it would take months, if not years, after he steps aside to remedy the situation because there's the structure that exists inside that company now is going to be hard to change, I think, with or without Vince McMahon. Let's do it inside of the state of Tennessee before we go to break. It's like Vince McMahon at one point was Philip Fulmer. He is now Derek Dooley. He is actively just sinking this program to depths that it's going to take a long time to actually overcome. There's an argument also that even if The Rock were to come back, it still wouldn't do anything but for a couple of weeks. Uh, the Rock wouldn't do anything for me. 
Well, we've had that. We've had that debate before. It depends on which rock comes back. If Hobbs comes back, is that like that's really sad for me to say? Like, if the Rock came back on a f- semi full time basis, I feel like I would get tired of the character pretty quickly. They'd find but a way. I will watch every fast movie that he's in. <laughs> Better believe it. John Cena adding to Fast that's, Nine. That's the best news of the week, right there. John yeah, Cena going to be in Fast Nine. I mean, that's. That's almost enough to celebrate. Unfortunately, WWE exists, so we can't. We told you, we warned you, and we're not done. We'll be right back. Squared Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. One and only. Ricochet bringing us back. Here's a dude that they could be doing a whole lot with. Maybe they will. Hopefully he doesn't hurt himself inside the Money in the Bank match. Lars Sullivan. Man, we continue to be in the minority when it comes to the pro wrestling media or the people that follow this as to Lars Sullivan. Everybody loves Lars. Do any of us love Lars? I'm going to stay quiet here. You just can't do it anymore? I can't do it anymore. People are probably tired of listening to it. I just, I don't, what, what am I, tell me what I'm supposed to love and maybe I can start to appreciate it. Well, I continue to like hear this whole deal about how he has acromegaly just like Andre the Giant in the big show, and he's so much bigger in person, it just doesn't translate on TV quite as much, but he's bigger than H, he's bigger than Cena, he's bigger than all these guys. He's not taller he's than our truth He is not taller than our truth who he was in the that's, ring with That's on what Tuesday. they keep saying, that he's enormous in person. It, he may, he, you know what he does have? He has enormous features, but he it, physically he does not look enormous to me he looks like connor who doesn't eat carbs and when you tell me when you tell me that someone is six two what what are they building man six three he's six three yeah that's that's he's built as three yeah so if you're telling me that automatically i'm taking off one to two inches for your boots and then you're a lot closer to six foot which is a lot closer to me and i'm not a giant i mean he i've just i've seen this before it's weird I don't know how it's supposed to work. So how about this? This is kind of amazing. On the investors call, the conference call, Vince McMahon directly asked if the decline in ratings is based on talent aging or fans getting tired of the talent. And then he was asked a question that we've addressed on this show in the past. How long does it take to build another John Cena or Roman Reigns? Triple H answered saying there is no timing, you can't make a star at that level, you have to look into them and not ruin them before they make it. And then he says this. I'm going to say this sentence that I'm just going to stop. First of all, we don't bring in superstars, we create them. What exactly have you done over the past half decade with NXT? Because you're not making a bunch of new guys down in NXT. Like, Tyler Black already had a name on the indies he already knew what he was doing now Seth Rollins has worked out for you very very well I'm trying to find other examples Roman okay like you can you can look at them and yes they are big stars but you're paying Finn Balor and you're paying Kevin Owens and you're paying Adam Cole and you're bringing in Ricochet Shinsuke Nakamura all of these guys who was the last like real star that they created and the idea building another Cena or Reigns has Reigns that whole building process, is that something we need to be discussing when it comes to, like, Austin, Rock, John Cena guys? Like, I mean, Roman Reigns, I know the hardcore idea behind him we disagree with, 
But it's not like business booms with Roman Reigns. Not like that. But what was the good thing when Austin went down? Austin went down in... When did he have his injury when he was out for like a year? It was 99, I think it was. And then they shot the angle to get him out at Survivor Series with the car. that I did it for The Rock. I did it for The Rock. And they still... The business went up because they had other people. Because they had Austin and Rock hit at the same time. But they also had a great tag team division. And they had characters that you wanted to see. We've discussed how the Attitude Era doesn't hold up from top to bottom, but they had 10 or 15 guys that seemed somewhat protected. Edge of Christian, Hardys, the Dudleys, Triple H, Undertaker, Mankind, uh, The Rock, obviously. Even And I'm not mentioning Austin here. And Shawn Michaels, of course, had disappeared. And Bret Hart was no longer there. But you had guys that you were building actively. You were making them matter. If there's one thing that Vince Russo did a pretty decent job of, he did at least look at everybody else and give them some reason to exist on the show. You might not agree with the reasoning, but he at least tried to include them. The problem is when Roman Reigns went down with leukemia, there was nobody to take that spot because they had killed everybody. Yeah, but And shouldn't that be a lesson to you? I mean, shouldn't should. this be a learning opportunity that you can't just have one guy that you have built and pushed because anything can happen? inside the ring or outside the ring and you have to have somebody that's willing to at least fill that gap yeah i mean it's right and then you i mean what do you have right now that's drawing money becky's not really drawing money people don't want to hear that she's not drawing money she's not losing ratings but she's not bringing people to the tv actually there are only three women where they don't actively lose viewers when they're on screen becky ronda who's now gone and Charlotte Flair. That's about it. Everybody else does. And then you're just kind of looking at it. You're like, well, of course. They're just not treated in a way that would make them matter. No one is treated as a superstar on these shows. Well, but like, the, that's, a th- that's a big issue. One of the things that I'm probably my least favorite part of this superstar shakeup thing has been Bailey. Like, we all like Bailey here. We spent an entire show talking about how great Bailey was about three or four years ago. She's going to be the female John Cena. We, yeah. We, we literally did a whole. Her and Sami Zayn, who's the last pure baby face? We did an entire show about that. And it hasn't worked with Bailey to a certain extent on the main roster. And we thought more so than anybody who needed a fresh start, quote unquote, Bailey did. And she goes over to SmackDown and everyone's sort of celebrating. Okay, this is the fresh start that Bailey needed to really get to, you know, get things going for her. And then she loses to Charlotte. And then she loses to Becky Lynch in back-to-back weeks. Yeah. And really, she shouldn't have gotten the match with Becky Lynch to begin with because she lost to Charlotte. It basically, WWE, want the way they treat their women's division is the only two people that matter is Becky Lynch and Charlotte. And they don't care about anybody else. You want to you wanna know something to me that's just completely garbage and trash? It's the Iconics. <laughs> I don't hate them because you're trying to make it's me hate them. Really I turn the channel because they wear on me that bad. I don't want to see or hear anything they have to do. I don't want to see them work. I don't want to see them talk. I don't want to see them at all. Like They, they to me, are absolute garbage jeez don't like them like, like let, i will care about the tag team titles when you put them on someone else 
that uh, worthy of carrying the titles. Austin Kyrie saying are eventually going to win those titles. Once they get them, they need to never lose them. We but, said that. You here. know, Ember Moon yes. is someone who could be getting pushed. Really hope so. And she might win the Money in the Bank, and that would be a great, uh, great yes. decision for WWE to do. But I mean, I just you can't have Becky versus Charlotte at every single pay per view. Like we're getting it at Money in the Bank. We got it at WrestleMania. People believe it's going to be the next main like, We got it at SummerSlam last year. We got it at uh, TLC uh, or Evolution. Evolution, yeah. The it was a TLC the last match. women standing. Yeah, match. last minute. Yeah, like we TLC was Oscar. They did. We that have seen that threat. match every single version of that match fifty times. Build someone new. And the last idea was that Becky and Charlotte is. Tent pulled to potentially main event the next Mania. Now here's the thing on how that. overexposed we're going to get there. I I have seen I have seen those reports. I don't buy them. I don't, I don't buy them either. for a second because this is the company that is still riding Raw at seven fifty eight Eastern time, two yeah. minutes before the show starts. I do not believe for one second they have anything penciled in for WrestleMania thirty six. That would be giving them way too much credit. So and I wouldn't mind seeing that at the next WrestleMania, but somebody you got to have a loser leave town. Like I can't see one, some one of those for the next eight months. Like that that so old so the uh, iconics, <laughs> that old storyline where if Randy Orton loses to John Cena, he can't. <laughs> like this is the last time he can't challenge for the right. championship anymore, yeah. and then he just challenged for the championship two months later. Brock Lesnar tells Dana White he's done fighting, which, of course, that could change at any minute. <laughs> That's the old, you can't fire me, I quit. Well, what's funny about it is this. Some people erroneously believe he doesn't have leverage. You have leverage when you don't need the job. Here's the he thing. doesn't need money from WWE. He's got money for his kids' kids at I this can't, point. I can't remember who it was. There was one of these professional wrestling journalists, and I'm using that term kind of loosely. Yeah. So we're talking about Justin Barrasso, if you're talking loosely. Well... That basically said that Brock Lesnar has now lost all leverage in negotiations with WWE. Let That's me go. Ahead, let me go ahead and tell you this: Brock Lesnar doesn't tell Dana White he's not fighting unless he's got a contract yes. offer from Vince McMahon. That's right. And on top of it, all he has to do is say, "Pay me, or I'll go back to UFC." Again, like he could just at any point you can unretire. I mean, yeah. I mean, Brock Lesnar didn't fight for how many years before UFC 200? He yeah, just decide tomorrow. You know what? I'm going to do this again. I mean, maybe he won't. Maybe he's just going to stay with WWE and do more dates. I don't know. But the idea that Brock Lesnar well, all of a sudden has Arabia. no leverage. Yes, he's going to do Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. That is a thing that's going to happen again. And he is not the only star that you don't see very often that's going to be on that show. We come back in the final segment. Uh, there's another guy that we thought may have been retired that is going to unretire that disappoints a lot of folks, I think. I think David Reed's probably one of them. I might be one as well. I thought he already had the perfect retirement match. We'll tell you who that is next. Squared Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. Final segment this morning on Squared Circle Radio. David Reed, Brandon Hagney with me. I'm Jason Martin. You can follow us on Twitter and hit us up at Zone Wrestling. Sammy Zane. I've enjoyed this character, sort of. I think I'm over it. 
Monday it went on and on and on, and it's. It, I love that Sami Zayn is the mouthpiece for Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn right now on TV. Yeah, we just spent the last three segments of this show just completely dumping on the product. And when your product is that bad, and this few people are watching your product, what you probably don't need is carving out 15 minutes each and every week to send to send Sami Zayn out to the ring to crap on the audience that is watching. That's right. It's just and to me. It's just. Time, I can't believe somebody hasn't filler. answered him yet. It's time filler. Well, who's going who's going to answer him though? Is Last it, I heard, it's going to be Miz. Oh. You know who was originally going to be? You know what I don't want to see? Miz and Lashley. Luke Harper? It's Miz and Sami Zayn. Oh, you mean you don't want to see Miz and Lashley? No. Right, right, right. Originally, it was going to be Luke Harper. Yeah. To answer Sami Zayn. Before Luke Harper. That's why Luke said deuces. I mean, I wouldn't mind watching that program. I don't know what Luke Harper would have meant and how he would would have come out and, like, been a normal guy just talking. Yes. (laughs) Last time we saw him, he had a hammer and he was, like, in. Blazeroth or somewhere. <laughs> Again, attention to detail here. Bludgeons goes away. Eric yes. Rowan puts on 100 pounds and starts wearing flannel. And then Luke Harper starts just talking normally. He's like, you don't talk about the fans that way? You don't talk to Nick Cottrell like that? Basically, is Luke Harper in that moment to Sami Zayn? 6-7, June the 7th in Jeddah. Third show in? Yeah, that's right. Saudi Arabia. Brock Lesnar? He'll be there. The Undertaker? He'll be there. Bill Goldberg will also be there. And I did like that Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt, like, on Twitter, were, like, joking about Bill Goldberg going because, and they both tweeted out the same, like, gif of Bill Goldberg spearing both of them at the same time during his last run. Randy Orton seems to be having more fun on Twitter these days. Randy Orton on Twitter is just scorched earth. He also (laughs) had a back and forth with Bray Wyatt earlier in the week where Bray Wyatt you know, said that he forgives Randy Orton for everything he did to him two years ago, more or less in character. <laughs> and Randy Orton tweeted back, you had WWE spend $2 million on bug graphics? Yeah, no kidding. So Goldberg is a guy that he always kind of was above the fray, at least the public persona. Like he always did the, the kid stuff and all that kind of stuff. So this has upset some people. Um, but Shawn Michaels really upset me when he chose to do that last fall. Kane upset us all as well because of what he's doing in his life now. I guess at this point, we just can't be upset anymore because WWE is going to continue to take this money. They're going to move pay-per-views like they did out of California and moved it to the Tacoma Dome at the end of June. There's a takeover that also had to be moved that was originally going to be on June the 8th, but because of this show being announced on June the 7th, San Jose lost their takeover event, which apparently it's going to be announced tomorrow. Originally, maybe it was going to be in Atlanta. Now it sounds like it's going to be in that wrestling hotbed of Bridgeport, Connecticut. Here, here, this is a new element that just absolutely is bothering me about this whole deal with Saudi Arabia. So it's how many years is this deal? Oh, I have no idea. But do you realize they Saudi Arabia? A, they don't plan ahead enough no, no, no. to where they Saudi, don't have to move stuff? Saudi Arabia went to WWE and said, no, we actually want you on this date. And WWE canceled a that's pay-per-view ridiculous. to appeal ridiculous. to the Saudi Arabian government. That's the truth. That's how much power the Saudi deal on the Saudi side has with WWE with the money that they're giving them. 
they are making them move their plans and change their schedules based on what Saudi Arabia wants them to do. It's bloody disgusting. That's a website, right? Is it? I believe it is. Or it's somebody that like is a photographer for I don't know, whatever. It's not good. It doesn't sound like a website I want to go to. And we know that the Saudi <laughs> and we know that the Saudi Arabia shows are never anything relevant anyway. No. They're basically going to be a glorified house show. Yes. Are we going to watch this one? No. no. <laughs> yes. That's what, that's what, that was the correct answer. I felt like we were going to be on the same page on that. And I love how also the WWE tells me that things are changing in Saudi Arabia. It's much more progressive than it was, but they're still stuck in 1999 because they want Bill Goldberg and it's not Shawn Michaels. Like, I don't want to get super political on this show, but like we got into the whole Jamal Khashoggi killing the last time this happened. And the Saudi government just went on an execution spree within the last couple of weeks. Like, nothing's changing over there just no. because women can drive now. Yes. So. Oh, yeah. Still no women on this show? Is that, I'm assuming that's still the, the thing. At this point, I'd, if I was if I was a woman on the WWE roster, even if I could go, I wouldn't. Speaking of women, Beth Phoenix is going to replace Percy Watson on NXT commentary. Yeah, man. We started kind of uh, like Percy. Yeah, like Percy had gotten pretty good. Over the last couple of years. I don't know if that means, like, maybe he's getting a... Maybe he goes to main roster. Maybe he's going main roster. Maybe we don't get Corey Graves on both shows. Like, I think that would fit. Like, I think Percy Watson's pretty good. I, you know, I, I'll I give think, it a shot. I don't I mean, think Beth has been good when I've heard her, but... I mean, I'm not going to, like, barry her. I mean, hopefully yeah, I she'll mean, be good. Maybe she'll be okay. She'll eh. probably be... She'll let's, let's just say this. She'll be a lot better... Down in down in full sail without Vince's voice in her ear throughout the entire night. To me, she's at least slightly better than Lita. That's a low bar, David. That's a low bar. Should be able to clear it there. Got like half a minute. That Von Erichs documentary, you and I have both seen it. Yep. Dark Side of the Ring, Viceland. That's worth seeing. Yep. Also worth seeing the, the road to double or nothing. That's oh, man. All those that Cody, and that out. Cody Rhodes promo. Yes. We could have done a whole show on that thing. Yep. And if you haven't seen the Moxley video, over two and a half million views. That thing, man. By the way, his contract ended at the end of April, May 1st, May 1st at 12.05. <laughs> John Moxley is back, and, it, and he looks like Hawkeye from Avengers Endgame. It's awesome. It's awesome. You've got to watch it. And it looks like he's having fun, so good for him. Somebody should be. And getting out of WWE, I'm sure that does feel like getting out of prison at this point. We will talk about hopefully a better week of TV. Probably not, though. Next week, Square Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. Catch flies in this mind.